You are listening to Mindfully Well with Mel, episode number 31. Hey friends, welcome to Mindfully Well with Mel. I'm your host, Melissa Ike. I'm a registered nurse, certified functional nutritionist, and life coach who empowers busy women to attain the life they love and to feel well inside and out. This podcast dives deep into the physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual aspects of what it looks like to live mindfully well. So let's get started. All right, friends, today we are talking all about boundaries. I have been working on building this episode for some time, and it's something that comes up so often in my coaching with other people, but also it's come up in my life so often and for so long. It's something that I have been working on myself, and it's something that comes up in nearly every coaching call. And so if it's coming up for my clients, it's likely coming up for you. And the reason why I feel so strongly about boundaries and why I have gone all in on studying boundaries and I'm creating a course around boundaries and I'm going to be teaching it in the next round of the Live Well Project and it's going to be part of the Buddha Bowl Challenge, which starts now, which you can go into the link in my show notes and you can sign up for that. And um, the Buddha Bowl Challenge is all about reducing stress. And so we're reducing food stress. And when I say food stress, I'm not talking about stressful eating. I'm talking about the stress that food creates in our body. So not eating the right kinds of foods, eating less of the right kinds of foods. So it's about eating the right kinds of foods, reducing food stress, reducing life stress, like like psychological stress that goes on in our life. But also I'm going to be bringing in boundaries because boundaries is really the thing that is allowing our stress bucket to get so full. And if we can start to add in boundaries, our stress bucket gets filtered or the amount of like stuff coming into our stress bucket has a pressurizer on it and not as much as able to come into our bucket. So our bucket doesn't get so full so quickly, right? In the Buddha Bowl challenge, we also focus on um, putting some holes in your bucket to allow some of that pressure to come out too. And so we do this in the Buddha Bowl challenge, which will be a week-long challenge. And then we also do this in the Live Well project, with which the Live Well project is going to be open on June 8th. And that enrollment will be for about a week, I believe until the 18th of June. And then we get started on the 19th of June. So the Livewell Project is really all about reducing stress and taking care of you. And we do this through understanding stress. We do this by syncing up with the circadian rhythm. We do this by reducing food stress and things that are causing more harm in our body. And we're really starting to take care of ourselves. This is really the precursor that needs to happen before somebody starts a weight loss program with me. So I created the Live Well Project because I had so many people coming into a weight loss program with me ready to lose weight, but their body was not ready to lose weight. 
because their stress was not under control. So I created the Live Well Project, which is a precursor to somebody who either wants to lose weight or a precursor to just creating a healthier life with healthier boundaries and healthier stress management. Anybody can benefit from the Live Well Project. So if you are wondering like, oh, it's summertime, I don't think that this is the right time to be joining a program, this is the program for you. Because let me tell you that my busiest time of year is when? In September, when the kids go back to school and the mom is completely drained and depleted. And the woman who said yes to all the patio drinks all summer long is now feeling like complete garbage. And the person who keeps going to family reunions and this gathering and that gathering and has this very full social calendar and never has time for herself to recoup and regenerate and feels just completely depleted by the time summer ends. Don't let this be you. Okay, we all know that feeling of like, I'm actually craving so much more consistency in my life at the end of summer because we've given it our all that we think that's what we need to do in order to live summer to the fullest and to enjoy summer. But that's not true. We can enjoy the summer while living a healthier life, while making better choices for ourselves, while taking care of ourselves. And this is what the Live Well Project does. So enrollment for this opens on Thursday, which if you're listening to the release of this, just go ahead and head to the show notes. You can sign up for the wait list and it will be, you'll get the email telling you when uh, the Live Well Project is open. So that brings me to today's topic, which is boundaries. My boundaries have been tested this week. (laughs) So you all know school is out. We're into summer. I had my youngest sign up for a after-school program, or so I thought, well, not an after-school program, a summer program, or so I thought. And then I thought to myself on Tuesday, that's weird that I haven't had any emails telling me what the summer um, the summer schedule is, like when his swimming days are, when he goes on field trips and things like that. And so I emailed his little friend's um, mom and said, did you get any emails? And she said, yes, I got one on May 5. And I was like, oh gosh, that was a long time ago. I wonder if I missed it. I looked for it. I don't have the email. I go into registration. I don't see his name listed for summer 2023. I see it for summer 2022. I see it for the school years. I don't see it for summer 2023. My alarm bells are going off. My nervous system was on fleek. What am I going to do with this kid all summer long? Now, granted, this could have been a lot worse, like given that if I was working a nursing job and I had to go to my clinic and work, if my child was even younger and if I didn't have older children in my house to be able to help me, right? This circumstance could have been so much worse, but still it was getting the best of me in that time. My nervous system was freaking out. I was like, what am I going to do? I emailed them. They're like, yeah, no, that registration didn't go through. And here's the thing, you guys, I know I was on that page on the day of registration. It's on my calendar. I have it on there as alert. I remember getting the alert. I remember talking to my son's friend's mom saying, which school are we going to put them in for the summer program? I was on the site on that day. I think because I am usually overwhelmed. Let's be, let's be real here. 
right? So I'm not perfect. I have a million kids going a million different places. I'm running a business from my home and my mind is usually full. And I think I was on that page. I think I registered him. I just think I didn't hit the last button. I think that's what happened because I know I was on there and there's no other explanation. It's all my fault. I know it is. I'm taking responsibility for it. And I'm also now realizing like you need to stop always being on to the next thing and you just have to be where your feet are. And so now that I have that circumstance going for me this summer, my boundary is time. I have to be so particular about my time. I have to be so particular with his schedule and knowing where is he going to be that day, who is watching him, and then also my boundaries with my kids who are going to take the brunt of watching him this summer. Now I am paying them. I am making sure that their boundaries are respected. I'm giving them time off. I'm also paying them for when they're in charge of him. And so everyone's boundaries are going to be respected and honored, but I have to be the person to make sure that my, when I am working, I am going balls to the wall. I am putting all of my time into my work so that when I'm in my work, my feet are, I am where my feet are. I am in my work. And when I'm outside of my office, I am where my feet are. I'm with my kids. I'm being present. I'm honoring that they need space away from each other. And so my boundaries this summer, in order for us all to be happy and not be at each other's throats, I'm going to have to understand my boundaries. I'm going to have to understand my time boundaries. I'm going to have to understand my kids' boundaries and really, truly listen to them and what they need and when they need breaks, especially from each other. Another boundary. I'm going to go into the boundaries topic here, but I just had to bring it up because I had two very big boundaries this week. So my other boundary is I was at the dentist office with my youngest, my seven-year-old crew. He had two cavities that had to be filled. He did not want to go. We got there. He got into the chair and he was doing pretty well. And I was holding his hand and they were numbing his gums and I found it strange that he got so sleepy very quickly. And so, and then they, they left the room. Um, and so I stayed with him. I was holding his hand and he just started to get really, really sleepy. And I thought this is just kind of weird, but I was watching him. I was like, is his chest rising? Like this just seems very odd to me, but okay. And he was answering my questions, but slowly over time, and I would say like over time, like 10 to 15 minutes, the dentist comes in and asks him to open up his mouth and he's not responding at all. She continues to ask him to open his mouth and he's just like nothing, right? He's like in a dead sleep. And I was like, this is so weird. This is local lidocaine. Why is this happening? And so I start to talk to him. I say, crew, can you hear me? Can you shake your head? Yes. Can you shake your head? No, like nothing. And so the dentist got a little more aggressive than what I appreciated. And she whipped out the smelling salts and shoved them in his nose. And he did wake up. So yes, okay, we got him to wake up and we do need him to wake up, right? So he wakes up, he's crying, he's screaming because that's very uncomfortable. Um, And then she leaves. (laughs) And she leaves, okay. And then tells us that it's because he was going, he was swimming earlier on in the day. That's not why. Like my child doesn't become unresponsive because he went swimming a couple hours earlier. 
And so I said to crew, like, he's already numb. I was like, okay, after some time and calming down, do you want to stay or do you want to go? If we go, we'll have to come back because you still have to get your cavities filled. Or we can go if you're not comfortable. He says, I'm not coming back. (laughs) So granted, I'm like totally with you. Okay, you're not coming back. You're already numb. Let's try it again. So he lays down, they put the stuff in his mouth and he's very jumpy. And I ask him if it hurts and he says yes. And then the doctor wants to put in more freaking lidocaine. And I was like, this is a boundary for me. No, we're not putting more lidocaine in. That was the only thing that went into this child's body while he was laying here and he became unresponsive. Okay, we're not putting more lidocaine in. And so that was a hard stop boundary. And I was very firm on that boundary, right? When you feel that mama bear coming out and you are like, I got my back. I've got my kids back in this. You know what it's like to need to have a boundary. Now I tell you this because unfortunately we wait way too long to set a boundary. We wait for other people's needs to become the most important thing of your day before you decide you need a boundary. And then by that time, you are depleted. And depletion and burnout are usually the indicators that you need a boundary and that you've waited too long. And so today we're gonna talk about what are boundaries We're going to talk about why it's important to have them and why it's impacting your life by not having them. Also some evidence that you need them and don't have them. And then why it's so gosh darn uncomfortable. Because if it was comfortable, we'd be setting boundaries all the time. We just walk around setting boundaries, right? But it's really actually very uncomfortable. So we're going to talk about why it's uncomfortable and and how to start setting them. We are going to go much deeper into boundaries next week in the Buddha Bowl and Boundaries Challenge. So if you really want to get a little bit deeper, make sure and sign up for that free challenge, which is next week. It's all going to be in podcast and email form. And you're going to be able to just pop it in your earbuds on the way to work, on your walk, whatever it is. Every day you'll have a new boundary lesson. And then the Live Well Project, we're actually going to be implementing it every week during the Live Well Project. So that's um, eight weeks. We're going to decide what are the boundaries that you need? How are you going to establish them? How are you going to uphold them? And how are you actually going to enjoy your summer with a couple more boundaries than what you probably have right now? So what are boundaries? Okay. Boundaries are simply listening and honoring yourself. That's it. We don't have to create a whole bunch of drama out of setting some boundaries. It's simply listening and honoring yourself and what your needs are. It's understanding what are your limits? What are your non-negotiables that you need? Boundaries are a great form of communication. A lot of times with boundaries, we just hope that the other person knows. We just hope that they understand without actually saying anything. And that's super unhelpful for both parties. How often do you expect your husband to just know something without actually telling him? A lot. And I know it's a lot because you tell me it's a lot. (laughs) 
I mean this in the kindest and loving way, but sometimes it's the most obvious solution of when your husband isn't honoring your needs and I ask you, did you tell him? And you say no. And that's okay. But now you know that communication is probably where you need to go. And boundaries are just a form of communication. It's knowing what you need and it's knowing yourself. Boundaries actually mean that you can love yourself and the other person simultaneously. I love that quote. Boundaries are the distance at which I can love you and me simultaneously. That's by Predis Hemphill, and he's from the Embodiment Institute. Boundaries are actually very kind and healthy for the relationship. And when I talk about relationships today and next week, and if you join the Live Well Project for the next eight weeks, I'm not just talking about other people. A lot of times we think relationships are just about people, but I'm actually talking about yourself. I'm also talking about your time. I'm also talking about money. I'm not somebody who goes on to my podcast to talk about money like ever because it's a super uncomfortable topic for me. I'm going to be honest. But if we're being honest with ourselves, when we have good boundaries, we also have a good boundary with our money and our finances. We end up spending stupid amounts of money on things that don't matter because we don't have boundaries. So boundaries also impact your money. Boundaries give you clarity. They give you clarity in your relationships. They give clarity to the other person involved. It also defines roles, right? So this summer when I'm at home with my kids and I'm trying to work, when I'm paying one of my children to keep an eye and entertain the younger child while I work and I'm paying them, I'm defining roles. When you're being paid, you are in charge. And this summer is going to be really good for them to understand what does it feel like to be in charge. And for crew, it's going to be, what does it feel like to have my brother or sister be in charge, to respect them, to listen, right? What does it mean to talk about my boundaries as a teenager? What does it mean to talk about my boundaries as a seven-year-old? What does it mean to talk about boundaries while I'm in my office, in my house working, right? Those are all boundaries. And when everyone understands the boundaries of which they are supposed to be in on that day and that time, everyone feels safer. Everyone knows the expectation. And when you know the expectation, you are more likely to fulfill it. You're more likely to feel safe. And remember, when it comes to safety, that's what our nervous system is looking for. When we feel overwhelmed, when we feel tired, when we feel stress, it's just our body and our mind looking for safety. And we can do that with boundaries because boundaries are the container on which everyone knows what to expect. But your energy actually holds that container. It holds it for yourself and it holds it for the people around you because they know what to expect. So it's important to have boundaries and it is impacting your life by not having them. And what I want you to remember about setting boundaries is that everyone needs them. It's not just some people. Everyone needs boundaries because if you have boundaries, you win. 
If you have boundaries, your family wins. If you have boundaries, your work wins. Your finances win. Your time management wins. When you give to the point of exhaustion, nobody wins, right? Because your cup is empty. How do you continue to give from an empty cup? We talk about that all the time, yet we still expect to give from an empty cup. It's not working. It's not working. Your cup is dry. It's empty. How do you expect yourself to continue to pour the tea or the coffee or the water, right? It's not going to happen. And then you burn out. My day-to-day job is helping women out of burnout. And it's been apparent that the lack of boundaries is actually the Achilles heel to their stress, which then is the problem to their weight loss resistance, which is a problem to their energy, which is a problem from having the get up and go, right? It's not there anymore because they're burned out, because they're depleted, because they haven't been listening to themselves and because they've been overgiving from a lack of boundaries. Being in burnout is like being in a pool of water and trying to empty it with a teaspoon. You're going to need more resources, right? The teaspoon isn't going to work. You're going to need more resources to A, not be in the pool and B, to get out of the pool. And boundaries are it. While you're in the pool with your teaspoon, boundaries are the life raft keeping you afloat. And while you're in the pool, boundaries are also the pressure on the valve that is allowing all those stressors in, right? So think about a hose going into the pool. If you have a pressurizer, I don't really know much about filling pools. I fill the pool a couple times. I put a hose in there. Okay. Um, But... (laughs) Let's say there's something on the hose that doesn't allow so much water to go in and all at once, right? There has to be some sort of pressurized monitor somewhere along a hose or a faucet or something. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what boundaries are, right? It doesn't let so much water in, right? So you need to have boundaries so you don't allow your pool or your stress bucket, right? The thing that's holding all of your stress, you have to put something on that valve so it all doesn't get full super quick, right? So you're not drowning in your pool in the first place. Boundary setting supports your nervous system, right? It gives you safety. It gives you that sense of safety. I talk about this all the time, stress management. You can manage and meditate until the cows come home. But if you don't at some point turn the valve off or slow the water flow in, you're still going to drown in meditation, right? You need a life raft and you need to slow the roll. Boundaries are a way to down-regulate your stress response. Okay, so here are some signs that you need boundaries and you don't have them. First, overwhelm. I hear it all the time. I'm so overwhelmed. There's so much to do. There's not enough time, right? Boundaries will help with that. Um, Being resentful when somebody asks for help. How often do you feel like a little bit annoyed about helping somebody? Or here's a good example. Today, I have to bring snacks for baseball. I am annoyed every time I have to bring snacks for baseball. Why do we have to have snacks at baseball? Why can't we just go play baseball without having snacks? I felt very strongly about this for years. 
I have not spoken up about it. That would be a really good boundary for me to start to implement, right? And I think most parents feel this way, but nobody says it. We're all just like, yeah, we should probably bring snacks for the kids because they don't have enough snacks, right? So I feel resentful that I had to go to the store this morning to go pick up snacks for baseball, which I think is completely unnecessary. That is a sign that I need a boundary around snacks at baseball, right? That's the resentment that I'm feeling. But you can also feel a resentment when anybody asks you for help, right? Can you go do this today? Can you go do that? Or I have to go do this or I have to go do that. Or avoiding phone calls from somebody who tends to ask you to do things for them, right? You see the phone call and you're like, oh, I'm not going to answer that. We're just going to let that go to voicemail. They can text me so I can think about it and I can stew on it and I can just avoid it a little bit longer, right? That's such a good sign that you need some boundaries. Also comments of helping people and then not getting anything return. I always do something for this person. I never get anything back. Oh, she's just a taker, a taker, a taker. I'm sick of doing this for her. Why can't she do it? or him, right? My husband can't just like take out the trash once in a while. Things like that, comments like that, even if you don't say it out loud, you think it, you feel it, it's a sign that you need a boundary around that thing. Feeling burned out. So these are things I see all the time in my practice. Women coming to me and the, the presenting problem is always, I can't lose weight. And the reason you can't lose weight is because your stress is out of control. And your stress is out of control because you have zero boundaries and you don't know how to regulate what's coming into your life, right? And you don't know how to manage the, the amount of stress in your body. So it comes from the top and it goes out from the bottom, just like the stress bucket, right? So The stress bucket is on, it's being overfilled, your bucket is full, it's overfilling, and then you gotta put some holes in your bucket so that it drains out. That's your stress management. Um, And it presents like being tired all the time. It presents like being tired and wired. I can't actually sleep. It presents with having um, uh, appetite that's out of control or having no appetite at all. It presents by not knowing when you're hungry and not knowing when you're full. It presents by having the lack of get up and go. Like, I just want to work out, but I can't. Like, I can't get up and do it because I'm so freaking tired. Um, It presents like daydreaming about the next vacation. Like, oh, I can't wait to get out of here pretty soon. I just need a break. Or about just dropping everything and just leaving. How often have you said to yourself, like, I just need to get away for a night by myself without anybody asking me for anything, which is great. I'm glad that you're seeing that you need a break. But here's the thing. Instead of wanting to always escape your life, how about we monitor what's coming into your life? Okay, time for a boundary. You have no time for yourself. Self-care has completely gone out the window a long time ago. And self-care isn't just about going to get manicures and pedicures. Self-care is about taking the time at the beginning of your work week to know what is, um, what's, what's coming up for you, right? Thinking proactively. Self-care is setting aside time to meal prep and grocery prepare. And to know what is going into your body and when it's going into your body. Self-care is actually taking the time during your day, whether with your kids or at work, to sit down and have lunch. To sit down in the evenings and have dinner with your family and have it be a, a thoughtful process of this is what I'm preparing for us. Because it's important to have good fuel for our bodies, right? Talk is cheap. Talk is cheap. Saying it to your family that I need to do this or this is important. Eating healthy is important. Moving your body is important, right? Saying it but not upholding it yourself, it doesn't resonate with your family. You're not showing them how to take care of yourself. 
You're not showing them that you are important, that your needs matter. Running around like a chicken with your head cut off all day long saying, I don't have time for lunch. I don't have time to eat because I'm busy taking care of my kids. You are showing them that your needs don't matter. And the only person that can stop that is you. Eating is necessary for survival. By showing people that you don't matter and that you don't need to eat, you're showing them that your needs don't matter, that your survival doesn't matter. Come on. How often do we see our grandmas try to feed everybody else before their poor little bodies sit down and feed themselves? Like, really? You've been going at it for like 60 years now. 70 years, raising children, raising grandchildren, raising great-grandchildren, and you're still trying to feed everyone else before you feed yourself. It has got to stop. We think it's harsh and it's bitchy to set a boundary because our culture doesn't love a woman who loves herself and puts herself first. Our culture loves to see a woman be a giver. Oh, she's so unselfish. Oh, she would give the shirt off of her back. This is old and outdated and it's not serving you anymore. Take care of yourself and take care of your energy. You are responsible for yourself and your energy. Stop assuming other people are going to ask you to sit down and eat. Taking care of yourself does not make you bitchy. Now you may all be listening to me and agreeing like, oh yes, no, it does need to change. I agree. Yes, you, you, you hit it home today. But here's something else I want you to listen to. You need to take this to heart for yourself and for the other women around you. This means when another woman sets a boundary and you find yourself getting defensive, you need to stop. Applaud her. Turn the other way and ask yourself, why did I just have that weird feeling when she set a boundary? Because when you have that weird feeling, which is usually like defensive or protective or why, questioning it, makes me feel uncomfortable that she said no to me, it's because you have poor boundaries. Somebody with poor boundaries is always going to feel defensive when somebody else has a really good boundary that honors what they need and how to take care of herself. We can set boundaries for ourselves, and she can set boundaries for herself. We're all just taking care of ourselves. And there's no need to feel annoyed with her boundaries. There's no need to talk about her when she turns her back. We need to applaud her and turn around and see where do I need to set my boundary if I feel weird about her boundaries. Where are you lacking in your boundaries? Because when we set a boundary, it actually has nothing to do with the other person. It always has to do with us. So if she sets a boundary, it has something to do with her, not you. And when you set a boundary, stop taking their feelings and making them be yours. It's not helpful. It's not helpful to feel their feelings for them. It's only helpful to feel your feelings. So why is it so uncomfortable, right? The number one feeling we have is guilt. But here's something I want you to know about feeling guilt with a boundary. You're going to feel it. It's not going to go away. There's actually not a way to not feel guilty. I've decided while you set a boundary. So stop letting it be in your way. Stop letting it be a reason why you don't set boundaries. 
Guilt is a normal feeling. You just have to feel it. And eventually it does get easier and it does go away. But you need to think about this as that's the exchange for the boundary. You're going to have to feel something and they're probably going to feel something. In order to set the boundary as a human, you will feel guilt. And stop thinking that something has actually gone wrong because you do feel the guilt because nothing's gone wrong. It's healthy for you to have boundaries. Repeat after me. It's healthy for you to have boundaries. One thing about guilt is it's actually a social regulator and it helps us when we're in the wrong to go back and to fix it, right? So in some senses, it's actually very helpful when we should feel guilty about something we've done. But setting boundaries is not actually something that we should feel guilty for. It's just a social regulator and it's something that's ingrained in us. It's ingrained in our DNA. But when that comes on, when we're setting a boundary that we've thought about ahead of time and we know why we're setting it, that's the other key is we don't just set reactive boundaries like, oh, I'm mad and I'm going to set this boundary. We do it on our own first. We think about it. We let it be a thoughtful process. We let it be a meaningful process. We know why Um, we don't just do it because somebody pissed us off right? We do it because it's something we actually need to take care of ourselves. Then when guilt comes up, we can just say, oh gosh, I knew that this was going to happen. Hey guilt, I see you. I feel you, but actually I don't need you right now. So it's just, you can go away. It's okay. I don't need you here. You can come back when it's appropriate. Sometimes just having that conversation with yourself is helpful. Another reason why it's uncomfortable is because we want people to feel better because we're good humans, right? We want other people around us, people we love to feel better. We're kind and we're caring. And sometimes we have too much self-worth and that if they're happy because I did something for them, I'm worthy. Or if I can, I should. Why wouldn't I, right? But it just comes at the expense of your time. It comes at the expense of your energy. It comes at the expense of taking care of yourself, right? We don't have to take care of others first. It's like that stupid thing that always comes back in the airplane with the the mask. Put your mask on first before you put somebody else's mask on. I mean, it's true, but yet we don't do it. And this is your reminder if that you feel miserable because of your lack of boundaries, that that's where it starts. We expect women to be accessible. Do you identify with somebody being as empathetic? I'm the giver. I just feel everyone's feelings. I'm the caretaker. I'm the peacekeeper. I'm the people pleaser. This is actually part of your identity. You've told yourself this over and over and over again. So when you try to set a boundary, that is going to be a discrepancy for your identity. Your identity is like, no, 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 no. We make people happy. That's how we feel worthy. We can't do this. And it's going to feel super uncomfortable. It just is. Because you're going to be like, your identity is going to be freaking out. Like, how do we help people? How do we make people happy if I set a boundary? Right? So know that if that's part of your identity, it's going to freak out a little bit. But same thing with the guilt. You just remind it that it's okay. I'm still a good person. I still can help people. 
but I don't have to help people before I help myself. One of the things about um, the, the social aspect of boundaries is that we as humans, like in our DNA, we have been like created to always be by people because think about our ancestors. You had to be by people in order to feel safe, right? You wanted to be with a tribe. You wanted to be with the people. You were more likely to stay safe and stay alive. So we, our social norms are to want to be with people, want to be liked, want to be accepted. And so that's something that's just ingrained into our DNA. And if we worry about making people upset because we're setting boundaries with our time and our energy, we worry about other people not being happy with us. And then we worry about being um, pushed out of our group of people, right? And that can feel very uncomfortable. That can feel like a safety thing. And when you're worried about safety, your nervous system is going to freak out, right? So it's going to feel like stress. It's going to feel uncomfortable. Just know that that is a normal feeling to have. And that's not a reason to not set a boundary, right? Discomfort is enough for most of us to shy away from setting boundaries. So we just decide to stay silent and we just say, I'll tolerate or I can't tolerate the possibility of the worst case scenario of somebody cutting me out of my life because I set a very simple boundary. We just decide to tolerate it, right? But here's the thing, that tolerating the, dis, the discomfort of somebody violating boundaries for you, which is your time and your energy, that is uncomfortable. That is uncomfortable day in and day out when someone is violating a boundary that you want to set. So you already proven to yourself that you can be uncomfortable, right? And discomfort is just a feeling. It's just a vibration in your body. If you can remind yourself that you can tolerate feelings, you can tolerate vibrations in your body, then you know that you could set a simple boundary. A short-term discomfort isn't a reason to continue to avoid it. It's always worth it because whatever the problem is with the lack of boundaries is not actually the boundary itself that the problem is. It's actually the relationship. And remember, relationship doesn't just mean with people. It means relationship with time. It means the relationship with yourself, with your money. So if that's true, that the boundary isn't actually the problem, that the other thing or the other person, the relationship is the problem, then you're not actually damaging anything right? It was already damaged. If it's going to, if the boundary is going to create a problem in which it can't be repaired. We also fear being mean. Well, what does that mean? Really? One thing I want to say about the feeling of worrying about being mean is that that's somebody else's interpretation. You're not in control of anyone else's interpretation. You're not stop going into their feelings. They get to feel whatever they want. And a lot of times our mind is creating so much drama about saying something or speaking up for ourselves or saying no, that is creating the worst case scenario that probably isn't going to happen. And the person is going to say, oh, okay, no problem. Right? Most of the time, that's how it is. And if it doesn't go the way you wanted it to, though, setting the boundary, because the person doesn't like that boundary, I want you to remember that if somebody doesn't like your boundary, it's because they were benefiting from you not having the boundary. And if they're benefiting from you not having the boundary, you definitely aren't benefiting. And if you are in burnout, if you are in overwhelm, if you feel stressed all the time and it's heavy in your body, you need to be taken care of. Your cup is empty. It's dried up. It's like a raisin in the bottom of the teacup. 
right? It's got nothing. You just need some boundaries. The most important relationship that you will have is the relationship with yourself. And that's from Dr. Nicole LaPera from the book, How to Do the Work. It's a book I recommend to a lot of my clients. Um, It goes into childhood, growing up, relationships with parents and holding on to traumas or holding on to circumstances and things like that. Um, But the, the most important relationship you'll ever have is with yourself. Isn't that worth putting up a couple of boundaries to protect you? You who matters? It is. You spend the most time with yourself. The time and the discomfort you might feel from setting a boundary is short for the long-term benefit. So this week, I want you to take a look at where are some boundaries that you could set in your life. Remember that it doesn't start with relationship boundaries. That's not where you start. The boundaries where you start are with yourself because when you find the boundary violations that you make with yourself, that's where you start because then from there you can see like, oh, it stems from over here from my lack of setting time boundaries. Then you can see over here. Oh, well, that would probably be because I don't set boundaries with myself with my money. So let's use the example of I don't take time on Sundays to meal prep or whatever day it is. I don't take the time to meal prep. Why don't you take the time to meal prep, right? Because that's a boundary violation. Taking care of yourself is a boundary, or the lack of is the the boundary violation. Um, Because I don't have time. Why don't you have time? Because I said I would go over to my mom's and I would help her plant her garden. Okay, then maybe your time management is where we start with your boundaries. So the boundaries that I'm going to talk, be talking about in um, the Buddha Bowl and Boundaries Challenge next week are going to be time, self, and work. Those are the three top ones because relationship can get a little hairy, right? And in a free challenge in that first week, we'll definitely be talking about it and you're going to know where to start with relationship boundaries because it's going to come up in all of these different things, all of the time, the self, and the work. Um, So relationship is definitely going to be in there, but like specific relationship like with your mom, with your dad, with your uncle, whatever it is, um, will be in the Live Well Project. But these things, I want you to think about where do I start with a simple boundary and where you start is with yourself, right? Where is the lack of self-care coming from? Because that's the main problem here. It's the lack of self-care because you don't have boundaries. Where do you need to start first with your self-care? right? Is it the food you put in your body? Is it the thoughts that you tell yourself? Is it the way you treat yourself? Is it the way you talk to yourself? Is it the way you show up around your family? Is it the way you put your workouts off and actually never get to them? Is it the way that you never make time to go outside and enjoy your mornings or your evenings, right? Where is the boundary violation you're creating for yourself first? That's where you start. Okay, friends, join me in the Buddha Bowl and Boundaries Challenge this week. We're going to start. We're going to go into it. We're going to remove the food stress, the psychological stress. We're going to start with some boundaries. It's going to be amazing. And then we're going to go into the Livewell Project where you're really going to implement it. 
Okay, friends, I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Mindfully Well with Mel. If you're ready to take practical steps to live a more mindful and healthy life, I encourage you to follow along on Instagram. You can find me at Melissa underscore Ike, where I share tips to help women just like you become healthier, lose unwanted weight, and feel well without the extremes and overwhelm. If this episode resonated with you, please leave a review on iTunes, which helps me to continue to create content you love. Finally, please note that the material in this episode is for educational purposes only and is not intended as a replacement for medical advice. Thanks for listening.